Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. And we are uh, so pumped to be with you today. We're excited that you're here. And uh, man, before we get too much further into anything that's going to get talked about today, I uh, want to welcome my co-hosts today. I got two of them, uh, you know, so before we get too crazy here, we're going to throw it to my main man, Justin, who's always on the podcast. Justin, what's happening? What's going on? How y'all doing? <laughs> so, uh, uh, Justin coming off Easter. The, we are. The, the different. Easter's mo- over. <laughs> the the most unique Easter we've ever had in our entire life, right? So uh, <laughs> that's that's true. We may never have another one like that. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're going to talk about all that good stuff in a minute as well. And to introduce my other co-host, the beautiful, the one, the only, <laughs> my wife Ashley. Hello. <laughs> so uh, we are excited again that you guys are with us and so we're going to get into uh, man what a, a good Sunday we had it was a powerful Sunday it was uh, it was um, you know it, 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 we got to tell some really cool stories and, and uh, dig into Easter and, and uh, it was also a, just a great weekend you know, we had our good Friday communion service on Facebook a lot of you guys got to join us for Facebook live for that and then um, Sunday we got to jump into uh, got to jump into the the service and um yeah so it's good stuff justin what uh what do you think of easter man what how did it feel to be uh, on your couch for easter for the first time in what eight years easter was crazy i mean it was just so weird like i didn't even do anything you know like i didn't go over to you know see any family or anything i just I was just chilling. It was, it was weird. I mean, it was, it was good. I mean, you know, obviously we're celebrating what we're celebrating, but, um, and, and that's, that's what Easter's about, but it was just, it felt so different. Every day feels the same to me right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to remind myself every day, I have to look and see what day it is. Like, do I need to be doing something for church today or, or what? Um, but it was good. I mean, all things considered, it was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was like, man, this is the first Easter I've spent on my couch uh, in my entire life. So, <laughs> so uh, that, that this has never happened before. And uh, so it'll probably never happen again. So, yeah, but, ser- seriously, <laughs> but it was good, man. Uh, and we got to do some cool stuff, too, just to kind of catch everybody up. There's a lot of people that weren't able to be a part of it or they're not on Facebook or you're just not in Pensacola. So maybe you're not as connected to some of the things that's been happening in the city. But we got to do because we couldn't do our Easter egg hunt like we usually do. Um, we got to actually actually uh introduced an idea to me i'm not going to say whether or not she stole it from someone else that's all right <laughs> i <irrelevant>. borrowed it <laughs> so uh but yeah it's it was a, a cool opportunity because we couldn't do an easter egg hunt right so every year we do an easter egg hunt where hundreds of kids come to us and we do we put the eggs out and it's been really really great we've done that for two year two or three years justin to three um was, we did it both years since you've been. I think here. I think three. I think three. Yeah, 
So, um, and then going into this year, obviously, you know, there's, we weren't, there's no big events happening because of COVID-19 and stuff. So we, we kicked off, um, uh, an Easter egg hunt, but in a different way, Ashley, why don't you tell us kind of how it went? Since I know you want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I was unprepared for this. (laughs) Yeah. But tell us what was the, like, how did the Easter egg hunt go? Uh, so we got a list of all of the children in the, in the church from 11 and I believe, mm-hmm. um, and we we had teams. We had a basket, and we made a, a flyer that said like you've been egged. Um, and what we did, we just went across the city and put out eggs in the kids' yards and had the basket on their front porch and knocked on the door and ran. So then when they came out and saw the basket, it said you've been egged, and it was a little Easter egg hunt for the kids. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Me and Ash got to deliver eggs. We delivered eggs to I think we had. 36 or 40 kids across 16 homes so we got to do that justin you got to do it too huh like i don't remember what your what your home count was total i think we delivered to like 250 kids total um some were in our church and some are just kids that we were able to connect with um some of you guys that are watching now probably some of your some of you know you and some of your kids very well received something so um but you got to go too justin do you i don't remember how many houses you had but how was that? Very cool. All right. So, <laughs> That's hey, what it was happening. <laughs> so, Justin, how was it on your Easter egg hunt? I'm the- I'm, I'm, it was, it was good. I'm back. I was getting a delay. My Wi-Fi was cutting out or something with all my devices running and all the, all the, all the bandwidth going on right now. I was having a delay. Uh, you talking about the Easter egg hunt? It's all good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How was your, uh, how was your part of the Easter egg hunt? It was cool. I mean, it was, it was cool. Uh, me and Brandon went out, we were kind of on the West side and, um, I don't know how many homes we probably hit 13 or 12 or 13 or something like that. Um, and so, some of the, some people didn't come to the door. It was a little early. I think some people are still uh, probably in bed, whatever, which is cool. You know, Hey, do what you got to do. It's, it was Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we really enjoyed it. We had uh, I really appreciated the, the effort. Yeah. No, it was, it was a good time. I mean, it was, uh, we, we definitely, I mean, at one point me and Ash, I think me and Ashley were the last two to like get done with delivering. Cause we literally had to go from like close to Beulah all the way to Quintet. Uh, and there was houses all in Belize, all, all, you know, down in there. I mean, West Rob, all over the, the North side of town and Cantonment Molino. And man, it was just, yeah, there was, we were, we were all over there, but, um, you know, at one point we were almost done and Ashley was driving and I had got on my phone. I just got on Facebook and it was like, you couldn't scroll anymore <laughs> on Facebook because it was just like post after post of me and the church getting tagged. Um, people just be like, Oh, it's so exciting. Like, Oh, look what the, you know, cause it was a cool, we kept it under wraps pretty well. So a lot of the parents didn't know it was coming. So that made it kind of special too, I think. Yeah, no doubt. So do something, something for the kids to get out, out of the house, at least into the yard for a little bit, you know, and just some, some resemblance of a normal Easter, you know, where they can hunt Easter eggs and stuff like that. That's, that's always cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. It was a lot of fun, man. And I know, I know a lot of the families 
enjoyed it. And so, and then obviously Sunday we got to talk about Easter um, and typical for us, you know, like um, obviously we're going to talk about the resurrection. We're going to talk about that, but you know, even in, in the sermon, <clears throat> you know, the approach to the sermon on Sunday uh, was just a lot uh, more unique. It was a little bit different um, because it's like, obviously, yes, we're going to talk about the resurrection, but we also want to talk about like, what does the resurrection mean for us? Like, because it, it offers us two different kind of paradigms, if you will. And, and I think it's really summed up well in John ten ten, which we mentioned at the end of the message, but that, you know, where Jesus says, I've come that you would have life but also have it to the full and, and that you would have like, so Jesus comes that we would have eternal life. You know, he came to the, he came and gave his life down on the cross so that we would have this eternal life. But he also wants to have us, uh, wants us to have this life that we're having uh, on earth to the full. Like there's a full life that he wants us to have. And, and that's what we really tried to lay out um, on Easter. And so, um, you know, we kind of kicked it off with this idea um, that God wants you to have this full life, that he wants you to experience that fullness. And, um, you know, then we kind of hit two different characters. Uh, and what we were trying to showcase with the two different characters, and again, as typical to every other week, if you want to hear the full sermon, go to the website, transformationchurch.com, and check out the full sermon. But, um, you know, typical to, to each week, you can do that. But we were talking about uh, two different characters. We talked about Paul and Abraham. And this idea, right, that uh, wherever you may be in whatever life you've lived up until this point, if you think the life you've lived up until now, or if you think anything about your personality is a disqualification for how God wants to use your life, that's certainly not the case, right? Like, uh, and we use a couple of examples uh, for that in Paul and, and, and Abraham. And so, um, you know, we talked about how Paul had number of moments, you know, Ash, you're in the pipeline now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, how we've pointed out how both Jesus and Paul put on display constantly that like suffering is a part of life and difficulty is a part of life, right? Um, and, um, you know, Ash, I want to ask you this question and I'm going to give you a second to ponder it as I continue. <laughs> um, but how do you, how, how is it, your personality doesn't lend to being in this setting as much as people think, right? No. <laughs> so this is not her. This is not her favorite place to be in front of the camera, uh, on, on in front of the camera on stage is not no, her. Literally it's, sweating right now. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not her favorite place to be. Um, but one of the things that we've talked about, right, is that um, like God's call on our life and what he wants to do in our life. Um, it can go beyond our personality. It can go, it can be bigger and better than some of those things. So Ash, a question I want to ask you, and I'll give you a minute to ponder your answer. Cause I know that you, you like that. Um, how is your personality versus what God is kind of giving you more, um, direction? He's leading you more to have more of a voice despite your personality being this over here um how are you starting to see and feel that and how are you starting to find your own space and ministry um differently than like what you've kind of maybe had in your mind or what you feel like other people have in their mind right so it's like how does that i'll give you a second to ponder that 
<laughs> so, um, because what many of us think, right, is like uh, the ministry is set aside for a particular people group, or we think that, you know, the guys in the Bible, they were like superheroes. Like, of course, they never had a new problem. So, um, and the reality is we show in scripture where Paul and Abraham and all of these others, Job, David, all of these guys had some issues, you know, um, and they had some, they had things that, I mean, Peter, uh, you know, over and over again was running into stuff. And so we, we see issues, uh, and that we see that they're like kind of unqualified constantly, whether it was a personality type, whether there was their temperament, whatever it may have been, like we kind of see that over and over again. And so, um, boy, stop. our dogs are in here. Sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we kind of see that over and over again. And so, yeah, Ju- Justin, have you ever thought about what, uh, biblical character you both can, you most connect with out of all of them? Like, is there a disciple or anything? Well, yeah, I think about that all the time. Um, and I think it just depends on the day, you know, I, I like several of them as far as ones that you, I think that they're, you know, they connect with like they're the next Paul or something, you know, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. That's a tough question. Um, you know, it's like from the old Testament or the new Testament. I don't know. It's like, that's a, that's a tough one, but I try to, I try to think about like who, who do I most resemble? And maybe that's very sacrilegious, you know, like <laughs> which one am I most like, um, you know, to try to at least gain some wisdom from what they went through or, you know, how God used them or something. But um, it's a thought. I don't know that I've settled on an answer. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, like, I feel like I can connect with Peter a lot just because he's like running off at the mouth sometimes. Like uh, the old me, like pre-Jesus and then just getting saved in the first five to six years of me being saved, I would say like I could connect with Peter a lot, you know, it's like, uh, so. I like, I like, uh, you know, I do like John a lot in his gospel. You know, I love that John refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. Um, <laughs> I, I like the boldness. I like the boldness and the cockiness that comes along with that. You know, like he wrote that, about himself and the Holy Spirit allowed it, you know, it's like the Holy Spirit allowed that to happen. Uh, I think that's funny. I don't know if that's, if that's, you know, I think it's funny that that's how he thought of himself, you know, cause. Cause it's I not heard in um, any other gospel either. <laughs> right. Right. That's like, he literally, like, he was like, you know, that, that was his little tagline on his name. Like John, the one, you know, whom Jesus yeah. loved. It's like, like okay, well, but nonetheless, nonetheless, yeah. he said it and believed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Ash, how to, coming back to you now. So the idea of your personality mm-hmm. and like all those things, maybe feeling underqualified or some of the, like any of those, any of those statements, right? Like how are you starting to find your place in this fulfillment life? Like this thing that God has for you, despite maybe not feeling like you were quote unquote built for it. Cause we've talked about this before. Yeah. So tell us about that a little bit. Well, everyone who knows me knows I'm super shy. Uh, you won't find me on the stage or preaching or anything like that. Uh, I like to be behind the scenes, uh, which is not normally what you would see for a pastor's wife. Uh, so I've, I've had to, uh, what's the right word? 
find my way of telling people that I'm like that. Um, but I, instead of being on stage and things like that, I've found my place more in small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, being a leader there, my my workout girls and my book club, shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Tommy, too. He told me to give him a shout out. So there you go, Tommy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so small groups is really where I've found, like, where I feel like I fit in more as being, like, quote, unquote, in the spotlight or a leader of it. Yeah, and how do you feel, like, how do you feel that's giving you your space to make an impact in people? Like, do you, you see yourself making an impact in people's lives there? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and, and I think for many of us, like we, some of us have this like preconceived idea of what it looks like to live a life, um, like on mission for the gospel, um, in ministry, quote unquote, you know what I mean? It's like we, when we talk about ministry, we always give it this, like this image of like, well, ministry is this. Um, and I think that, man, God constantly wants to kind of shatter those things, um, that ministry is a certain thing, you know, we're all, we all have an opportunity to be ministers. And then you take that and you put it into the conversation that we talked about on Easter, where it's like, man, you know, God's full life, God's call for purpose, all those things is set aside for this particular group of people. And it's like, no, it's not. Um, it's not set aside for superheroes of the faith. Matter of fact, the guys in the Bible were really regular people um, that God used in an amazing way. They weren't amazing people. Um, they were regular people that God used in an amazing way. Um, and then we kind of went in, we, we told the story about two people in particular, right? Which is the woman with the issue of blood and the little girl, um, who was sick, uh, who was dying and to kind of catch everybody up to speed, you know, Jairus, the synagogue leader comes running up to Jesus as he gets off the boat. There's a crowd of people around. He comes running up to him. He's like, Hey, listen, my daughter is dying. And I thought this was interesting, Justin. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, um, for those of you that have never read the book Jesus the King by Tim Keller, Justin, have you read that yet? Um, if I have, it's been a long time. I don't know that I've read the whole thing. I think I've, okay. I've like flipped through it, skimmed through it, but I don't think I've read the whole thing. Yeah, so Jesus the King in, is taking a stroll through the book of Mark. And one of the things that Keller brings to light, we're, we're talking about it in the pipeline right now. One of the things that Keller brings to light is how over and over again in the book of Mark, Jesus is telling people after he does these miracles, like, Hey, don't go, don't tell anybody about this. Like, Hey, just kind of, you know, just be quiet and go amongst you. Like he does this supernatural miracle, but he's not like, all right, go tell everyone how great this was. He's like, all right, now just go and don't tell anybody. Of course that works so well. Right. Cause telling someone not to do something is like never works. But so he keeps doing this over and over again. And, uh, so he's, and, and the question became like, why? Why does Jesus keep telling him not to go tell other people uh, that he's doing these things? And one of the observations that Tim Keller makes, which I think is a really good one, um, is he starts talking about this idea that Jesus wants um, the people to want to follow the Messiah more than they want to follow the miracle worker. Right? And so he's like, uh, and even when you go back to Mark uh, 5, I think it's in verse 23, where, where Jairus comes running up to Jesus, right? If you look at him, he doesn't say like, oh, Messiah or Lord, or he doesn't acknowledge him as Jesus or any of those things. Matter of fact, if you look at the scripture, all he says is like, hey, come lay your hands on my daughter. Essentially, he's like, hey, come do that thing with your hands that you do. Like, 
do that healing thing um, because I need it. And he's not saying I need you. He's not even saying I need a Messiah. He's not saying I believe in you. He's just saying, I need you to do that thing where you heal people. Um, and I think Jesus in some sense is like, he, he's trying to tell people like, listen, you don't need a temporary miracle from me more than you need what I'm going to be bringing, which is salvation to you. Right. So it's like um, this different picture and I thought that was a really interesting perspective because we're talking about this, where it's like Jairus comes running up to Jesus and he's not saying, hey, J-, like we, I don't know about you guys, but every time I've read that in the past, I've always read that from the perspective, like Jairus is running up to Jesus and asking Jesus, like part of the Trinity, <laughs> the Messiah to do something for him. But as we're reading it, he's like, maybe he is saying that, but in the text, all it says is, hey, I need you to come lay your hands on her. And it kind of lends credence to this idea that like, Maybe he wasn't saying that. I'm not saying this is law. I'm just saying, like, reading the passage, you can definitely get that out of it, right? So, anyways, Jairus runs up to uh, runs up to Jesus. Jesus says, "Take me to her." On his way there, he gets stopped by the woman with the issue of blood. Right? She's uh, been bleeding for 12 years, um, and she just has this has this idea that if I could if I could reach out and touch his cloak, if I could just touch his clothes, then I could be healed, right? Um, and so she goes out there, um, and she touches his cloak. And as soon as she touches his cloak, uh, she gets healed. Um, and so, uh, and, and that kind of brings us to our first point, right, Justin? I think you have them there. Um, That's right. So that what is that and first point there? Jesus can flip your brokenness and bring healing. Yeah. And so the idea behind Sunday was the idea of flipped, right? The message was called flipped. And Jesus can flip your brokenness and bring healing. Um, and so, like, he continues on. Uh, and, and G, we, you know, we, had, we said this phrase also, uh, Justin can give it to us in the notes, uh, that Jesus is looking, right? Yeah, Jesus looks for the situations that everyone says is too far gone to show his power. Yeah. And I think even going back to like some of what Ashley was talking about and what we were talking about with calling and with purpose and with the, you know, all the things of living this life that God has for us is I think sometimes we take on this mentality of like, you know, this big extravagant supernatural life. It's not available to me, you know, because I don't have X, Y, this gift, or I don't have this thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like God wants to use you, how he built you to accomplish something great. Um, and he wants to plug you yeah. into that. And so he's searching for, he's searching for these opportunities, um, where people say they're too far. The situation is too far gone to show his power. Right. Um, and he does that with the woman uh, of the issue of blood, with the issue of blood. So then he gets to, as he's doing that, uh, the some of the people from the home comes running up to him. They're saying, Jesus, like, hey, uh, Jairus' daughter died. She already passed away. Um, so you don't you don't have to come here anymore. You know, essentially they were telling Jairus, like, leave the teacher alone because she's already gone. It's too late, in other words. Um and, you know, as they're having that conversation, Jesus ha- says these two words um, where he says, like, she's not dead. And he looks at Jairus and he says, just believe. And I think a good question that we can all ask ourselves in life is like, what could happen in our life if we just believed that God could overcome our personalities? What if we just believed that God could overcome our situations, our sicknesses? What if we just believed that God could overcome anything that we're using as a disqualification for ourselves, And what if, man, what if we gave credence to that and allow God to, to step into that space and do that healing? 
um, or overcome that thing, right? Because uh, I know Justin, like I know me and you, and it's funny. So Justin and I have known each other since uh, I think I was 11 and he was 12 because uh, he's older than I am. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so since I was 11 and he was 12, uh, <laughs> and tell, t- tell people about how other people respond to me and you being pastors at a church together now that knew us back then. Oh, yeah, no, they, no, they, they don't, they don't believe it. I think, uh, or, or they're, you know, almost like in shock of, in maybe it's, maybe it's people that, I don't know, maybe social media helps, right? Because some of those people like we're friends with, you know, Facebook or whatever, that like at least see things along the way. Um, at least like, especially for you, you know, you, you were into the church world a, a lot longer before I was and, and all that. But um, yeah, I still think sometimes that there's a, there's a, um, people are like, wait, what, you know, what, what are y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, it is, man. It's like one of those things where people are looking at, you know, kind of people. Now, Ashley, Ashley's known me since I was seven years old, eight since years old. third grade. Third grade. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, Long time. So, Ashley can attest, <laughs> right, to, to <laughs> Ashley can attest to, like, how uh, sometimes, like, God putting this calling on your life doesn't make sense when you compare it to the person that you used to be. Like, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't have to say yes that firmly, Ashley. <laughs> but, um, but no, yes. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like uh, sometimes, again, like we keep thinking that God's purpose is reserved for this select group of people, and I, honestly, it's not. And Ashley and I have this conversation a little bit because she's finding what ministry looks like for her, and it's different than what I think maybe she has in her mind, and she feels like maybe other people have in their mind that a pastor's wife is is a co-pastor or it's a a person that's on the stage with the pastor and, Mm -hmm. and they should be called pastor too and all those things. And there's nothing, yeah, there's, (laughs) I don't think there's anything, uh, we're not certainly not slamming other couples who have that type of relationship. Matter of fact, we have some great friends that that's the way they operate. It's just not the way that we operate. It's not the, the gift set that Ashley, um, has at least for now, who knows about the future? I think the thing is, is both of us are content with whatever it looks like in the future. None of us are pushing it to be something that it's that it's not right now. But all that to say is, you know, that as we start navigating, finding out that we don't have to fit into a mold, we don't have to be a certain type of person, we don't have to 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 look a certain type of way for us to be used in a great way. The more comfortable you become in your own skin. Um, in regards to your calling and your gift set, the better you can operate, right? Well, well, and on top of that, I think the church has rewarded, the American church has, has rewarded what corporate America has rewarded. You know, I'm like, I'm reading this book, right? You know, obviously, you know, those of you that listen, you know, know me and Brad are fans of the, of the Enneagram and, and, you know, Brad's an eight, I'm a three. Um, that just happens to be coincidental of, of what that is, you know, but I'm reading this book, right? The road back to you, which by Ian Crom, which is all about the Enneagram. Right. And I was reading some yesterday about the eight and it's like eights and threes are rewarded in corporate America. Right. I mean, those personality types, um, you see, you see successful people with those, right. The, the problem I think in the church world is for years, 
um, in America, at least, we valued those same type of qualities. And then so you have people like maybe like Ashley, who has this um, personality that is still very needed, can be very effective in the kingdom. But for some reason, everyone thinks that they're they're not as useful because they're not going to be on a stage or don't want to be in front of people. And the idea of even ministry, I mean, Brad, I mean, how many times have we heard people say, you know, young, young kids and, and things like that, that are, you know, super zealous for Jesus that want to go into ministry. Like, what is that even, what are you trying to say? You want to go work at a church? Is that what you're saying? You want to be a preacher because you can be in ministry and not be a preacher. I mean, I mean, even even larger, even larger churches that have people that maybe on staff that are, say, the janitor. I would argue that dude's in ministry, uh, you know, on on a certain level. He's in ministry, but he's not the preacher. But, um, you know, that he's he's valuable. But I, I think that we've kind of in the in the American church have put a, a value on some things that that are valuable, but they're not the only things that are valuable when it comes to personality types or giftings, right? Everyone likes the cool gifts, the the singers and the guys that can throw a message together and make it look flawless, you know? But I think they're all, I think they're all needed. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. I think that that's the, that's the, the, the key, like is understanding that all of those things matter so much. And I think, I mean, me and you have seen this, you know, like we've had a number of staff members, you know, uh, over the past couple of years and, you know, we don't have a huge turnover, but when we've had some come and go and, and I think that's a big thing is like, you know, uh, when they're looking for ministry, <laughs> right? Like this idea of full-time ministry, like this Monday through Friday gig, it's just another job. It's a good job. We're blessed to have it. Um, we take good care of each other and I love what we get to do. And I would, I, I don't want to do anything else, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's another thing, just like anything else is another thing. Like you have spreadsheets and charts and expectations and checklists and people that you answer to, and you got to get tasks done. And you know what I mean? It's like, you know, when people are like, I want to be a full-time ministry. It's like, listen, if you aren't in minute, if you're not doing ministry before you come in contact with full-time ministry, you're probably not going to end up here. Like, you know, it, we, in other words, we hire people that are already doing this just because we, we need, we need to start paying them for as much as they're doing. Like, that's the way it works for us, you know? Totally so it's agree. so much, it's so much different. Um, uh, you know, so people, some people think like it just works a certain way, but that's not necessarily true. The reality is this though, as we were talking about this is like, we need to be looking for every opportunity to make an impact in people's lives. And there's a life that's available to us if we'll allow God to flip the life that we've always lived. You know, just like he flipped the life with the woman with the issue of blood. And he goes to Jairus' house after this, right? So picking up with the story, they tell him it's too late. He says, if you'll just believe. So they start believing. Like it, Jairus says, let's go. Jesus and Jairus go to the house. He walks up. Long story short, he walks in there, tells the girl to get up. She gets up, starts walking around. You know what I mean? And and, and that kind of takes us to our next point. You know that I'm, you have there, Justin. Yeah, Jesus can flip dead areas of your world and bring life. Yeah, so it's like, what area of your world have you considered that dead? Like, what area have you just said, like, there's no way God can do anything with this? And then, you know, uh, Jesus can bring life into those arenas, right? And that brings us to the next point, obviously, Justin, that you have there, right? When Jesus on the spin, death works backwards. 
You broke it. You broke up a little bit on us. Uh, hit, hit us with it again. When Jesus is on the scene, even death works backwards. That's right. So this idea that when Jesus comes on the scene, like everything in your life can be flipped. And that's the big thing that we want everyone to understand Sunday. And we did talk about the gospel when we did talk about the resurrection, right? Because the Jairus, uh, Jairus's daughter, uh, that death being flipped wasn't the last time Jesus was going to raise the dead, right? Uh, because he was right. going to raise himself. Um, and we talked about going that when, you know, Mary went to the tomb and they looked and he was gone and the angel said, he's not here. He is risen. Like we talked about all those things typical to what you would suspect on an Easter. But the, the reality is we want people to understand that, that Jesus is on the scene to bring new life. Jesus is on the scene to bring, uh, bring about change. He's on the scene to bring the greatest life for us to have on this earth um, in regards to his purpose and his calling for us. Right. Um, and then also uh, a great eternity that awaits for us uh, at the end. So. Absolutely. So it was good. Well, Hey guys, I appreciate you tuning in with us. Um, Ash, <laughs> thanks for being here. Thanks. <laughs> What's that? Thanks. <laughs> so Ashley, if the people want to find you on Instagram, where can they find you? Uh, Ashley dot living. All right. And on Twitter. It's Ashley. And it's Ashley. All right. And uh, as for me and Justin, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Justin, where can they find more information on the church? You can find us online, transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. Perfect. Well, J.O., thanks again. Good to see you from your own home. Uh, maybe we'll bring you over next week and you can uh, you can hop on one of these comfy chairs with us. So. Maybe so. <laughs> We're, we're, we're almost six feet apart, so uh, we should be good. People are probably tired of seeing yeah. me anyway. Oh, you're Justin. full. No, no, no. We're going to get three of us in they here. They want Justin back. Oh, <laughs> Ashley keeps saying that they want Justin back. I don't think so. I keep telling her she, I don't, it's not even an argument that she's better They looking, got me. So. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you all next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.